All right, Ambush, today we are joined by one of the members of Mise on Scene who have been recently awarded the Rock Artist of the Year Award from the Western Canadian Music Awards 2021, and they also released a banger of an album in 2020 entitled Winnipeg, California, and we're going to be diving behind both of these things here today with my guest, Stephanie from Mise on Scene. How's it going today, Steph? Oh, I'm fabulous, and even better now that I'm talking to you. I love that. I love the energy, and I am very, very excited to dive into the last couple of years here, this latest album, maybe what the future holds as well. But of course, to get there, we have to start somewhere. So I would love to start with when was this latest album, Winnipeg, California, actually crafted? Because you guys got to get inside the studio with a very esteemed producer in one Eric Ratz. So when exactly did you guys get to get into the studio? When were these songs actually recorded? So these songs were recorded in 2019 and like we finished in the summer of 2019 and then summer, fall, I guess. Yeah. And then we started releasing like singles by in March when the world ended in 2020. <laughs> and then we released the album in, in October of 2020. So, but it always takes so long, you know, it's always interesting when people ask me that because I was at a songwriting residency at the BAMP Center and. Um, I wrote a lot of the songs there and then like kept writing for like about a year straight. And we had about like 50 or 60 songs and then we demoed 25 of them. And then we only picked 10 for the record. So there was like a huge outpour of like music that was being written at around that time. And like, I was writing right up until when we were recording and it was sometimes like, okay, I'm going to quickly like write a bridge for this song. I think we should really consider this song. And, you know, talking to the producers because I, I was just kind of going through a pretty like prolific songwriting time in my life. Um, which is awesome because we were also nominated for songwriter of the year for the Western Canadian music awards didn't win, but like still we got nominated. So I'm very happy about that. Um, but yeah, so like the whole process has been like since 2018 really. And, um, yeah, now it's like 2021, almost 2022. It's crazy how the time flies, but that, you know, making an album, it takes time, you know, it's, um, it's your baby. So you have to make sure that you're making all the right steps at the right time. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you want to make sure that you're doing everything properly, that everything has the right promotion, that you have the right hype behind everything. You want to pick the singles. How in between, like how far apart do you want these singles to be? It's there's got to be a game plan. And some people maybe don't realize that sometimes you have to have multiple plans where like a six month plan, a year plan, a two year plan, a five year plan, whatever it happens to be. But the band is a business. So it's you sit you had these since like you've written them maybe 2018 sitting on them since 2019. But it's it takes time to make sure that you want to do everything properly. And of course, since the game unfortunately flipped and changed on everybody, it's you also had to adapt through that as well, right? Oh yeah, that was a nightmare, you know, because we were so excited for this for this record because when we were working, so 
We did two songs with Dave Gen um, out in Vancouver, who, for those who don't know, he plays in 5440 and he was in Matthew Good Band. Um, and he's just an excellent producer and player. And um, when we were, and with Rats too, like when we were picking songs, like it was really hard for them to narrow down songs because we had so many great ones. <laughs> Um, we were just going through a very serious writing phase. And when you write that many songs, you know, it becomes really clear, like what the vibe is of like that moment of your songwriting. It starts to become really clear, like which song, which songs you're going to pick to create the vibe anyway. So we had all these great songs and there's still like 10 that were, we'll, we'll get into that later, but like, there's still like a bunch more that like, we didn't record with them for this record that were just like, they're just too good to not record. So we're going to, we're going to do that. But um, it was interesting because when we were talking about like what songs to pick to record, we were also, you know, like thinking like, Hey, well, which ones are going to be the singles and all that stuff. And then when we were sort supposed to release our first single in March, 2020, we were supposed to be at tree fort music fest in Boise, Idaho, which is this really amazing festival. And we were supposed to be opening for Lauren Ruth Ward. And it was just going to be this awesome experience. And we were so excited. And then this pandemic hit and we were like, what is going on? And like, so it, for us, our original strategy was like two or three singles released the record in July and shit hit the fan. And it was the most like flying by the seat of our pants kind of release I've ever had to do because nobody knew what they were doing. Nobody knew what the world was like, you know, like media was all over the place. Publicity was like, I don't know what's going on. Managements and labels were like, what's going to happen? Like, maybe we can tour in the summer, you know, like everyone kind of like kept having that hope that it, it, everything's going to be okay, you know, and it never really like got okay. Right. Like we, it's been like a, it was like a solid year of like nothing happening. So instead of releasing like the two or three singles, we're like, okay, well, how can we, I guess, just extend this process of releasing more singles um, but before we figure out when we're just going to like call it and like release the record. So, you know, we pushed the, the, like the release date from July 17th, I think it was to October 9th. So that's pushed back like a couple months, which is, and in that time, it's like, what are you going to do? So we're like, okay, well, we have to like make music videos and we need to, you know, try and release as many singles as we can, but we also like can't get together with anybody. We can't, we were supposed to fly to Toronto for a music video. We were supposed to fly to Vancouver to make a music video. And instead, like, because Jody and I have a background in art and photography and video and all that stuff, um, we decided that we'll, like, okay, well, we'll do this ourselves. <laughs> and so, like, it was a lot of work, but it made being able to make the content possible because you couldn't get together with anybody, you know? Like, you couldn't do anything. So it was... It was very scary at sometimes because you're like, oh, this is like the best record I've ever made. And like, it's all going to go to shit because now I can't properly promote it. Like it feels that way. And you're like, fuck. So I don't know. Like, I th we think we did our best. I think we did a really good job considering like what we were like thrown into. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to like a more like stable release uh, plan for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can definitely attest to that too for sure. But it's um it's good that you were able to adapt and that you had skills that you were able to put to use. And I'm sure that there's a few people be damned who maybe said, Arts degree, what's that gonna do for you? Well, <laughs> guess what? 
They made awesome music videos out of it, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five mm. singles and almost every single one of them. I think you did, what, one for every one of them and maybe even extra songs. You did, what, five or six yeah. music videos? I think we did six. Yeah. yeah. Six. <laughs> that yeah, is crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was exhausted by the time that record came out. I'm like, I'm going to sit down for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, you mentioned that you had to push it back a few times there. Otherwise, there was quite a bit of adaptation. So once the record finally did come out there in October, what was that sigh of relief, that feeling once it was finally out into the world? Was it a sigh of relief? Well, yeah, but like then it's also kind of like, now what? Because we're supposed to tour, right? And we're supposed to have a release show. And so like, that just wasn't on the table either. So it was so weird. It was kind of like, did this even happen? (laughs) It almost felt like it almost didn't happen at times. And then there were other moments where I was like, oh my God, thank God I can like take a break for a second because I just, holy shit, that was just so much leading up to that because, you know, here we're getting ready to go in March thinking July is the release and then it ended up being October. So instead of just like working really, really hard from March to July, it was March to October, which is like, quite a bit longer, like half a year. So it's like, we were pushing pretty hard for half a year. So we were exhausted, but you know, normally you're getting ready for a tour, you know, and you're you're applying to festivals and you're starting to get ready for all that. And none of that happened. So we've never really been able to properly tour this record, which is still kind of sad. Um, You know, like, I don't even know if we'll properly be able to properly tour it before new music comes out, like, because things are just changing all the time. Right. And you know, for everyone who's toured, like, you know, it's not exactly like, it's not a vacation, first of all, and it's not cheap. So, you know, you're not going to want to go if, you know, venues don't have like enough seating. You're not going to want to go if like that province isn't like, and I'm talking just national touring, like international touring is a whole other can of worms, but like, you know, in terms of national stuff, it's like, well, how is that province doing right now? Like, are there lots of cases? Like, what if someone gets sick? Like, you know, and it's just so risky that it's like hard to, like, you want to do it. Like everybody wants to do it, but you don't want to, you don't want to like just go too soon and like potentially lose a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Well, especially in Canada where it's difficult, where your meccas, your main cities are so far and few in between where you can do an East Coast tour, you can do a West Coast tour, but even in just doing an East Coast tour, you can do a lot of the GTA, you can do Montreal, but even just to try and get to the Maritimes from there is still hours on top of that. And like from you from Winnipeg to get to Ontario is hours. And even in Western Canada, for you to get to Regina, the closest major city like (laughs) to you is still like what six hours or so and like you have to be able to justify jumping into the vehicle spending the gas and the time to go and put on that show yeah it's like canada that's where like canada's a really tough place to tour because and it's not that canadian artists and musicians don't want to tour canada they want to it's just so big like it's just huge it's kind of like australia australia is like that too like when we went there we went there just for a showcase and ended up having a show in melbourne and in brisbane and you couldn't drive like driving was not an option you had to fly in between those two places and so i thought that was kind of interesting but you know when you're in europe or in the states even like everything is so close like it, it's 
a couple hours away, like two or three hours away. And in Europe, that's like, oh, that is so far for them. Like for them to get into a car and drive three hours is like, oh my God. Like, and I'm like, try Canada. Oh my God. <laughs> three hours gets you nowhere. Three hours gets you to the perimeter. And then they're like, just starting the vacation with like a fresh Tim Hortons cup of coffee or something. So like, yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely tough like to tour Canada, but it's like, it's your homeland, right? So you want to do it, but it's, it's definitely a, a huge grind. But I would also say for like, you know, younger musicians coming up when that's all you, you know, whenever you start off, you're mostly doing national stuff, not international stuff. And you know, if you can tour Canada, then you can tour anywhere. Because if you can come back from Canada without being too much in debt, without your car breaking down too many times, with some good shows, and you're still a band, good for you. You'll be just fine. <laughs> mm. And even just having that opportunity to create those memories and otherwise of being able to go and meet new people and all those things. And there's people in Canada who truly appreciate you for being able to travel those distance and they will become diehard fans who will follow you for freaking life just because you came to their city once and like talk to them after the show <laughs> yeah canadians really are the best the best people to play for for sure like they really are just we really are just like a wonderful country at the end of the day like we all have our problems you know but in terms of just like the people as a whole like we're nice people um, not everyone's like that, <laughs> you know, um, but, and I will say one thing too, that's kind of funny about Winnipeggers, um, you know, we've traveled and like done music everywhere. And I'll always say we're from Winnipeg, <laughs> like in the show. And there's usually someone always in the back like, Whoo! and I'm like, oh, okay. There's always a Winnipegger wherever we go. Like Winnipeggers are like notorious for being like, First of all, we're like salt of the earth people. And like, you would know this because Saskatchewan's the same way. And like the prairie people are very salt of the earth and um, they're like the most friendliest, nicest people you'll ever meet, but you cross them and you're like dead to them. So like, that's what I love about them. Like you're, they're great. They're great until you like cross them and then it's like, it's over. Um, but they're, but Winnipeggers are also very like adventurous people and they're, they're very international people. We've been in like Germany a bunch of times and in these places I've never been before. And someone from Winnipeg just comes to our show because we're like, Oh, they're from Winnipeg. I'm going to go to their show. And then we're like, so we're from Winnipeg. And then like, they are like, yeah, I'm from Winnipeg too. Like in the audience. And it's like, yes. And it feels like you're seeing family, even though you don't know them, but like, you're just like, you're from Winnipeg. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Just this small little connection. Woo. All right. We got it. Yeah, yeah we did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you gotta love the support. And of course, it's one thing that does help to keep the music scene alive inside Canada, too, is the incredible amount of support that is available to artists from the provincial levels, from the national level and otherwise. And we mentioned earlier that the group has received support and picked up nominations and an award from the yeah. Western Canadian Music Awards, which happens to be a part of Breakout West, a very big conference that happens every single year has provided a lot of opportunities to artists as well so as an artist who has been working for quite a while who has probably been to a couple breakout west has been nominated i believe at least one or two times before as well what is it like to finally pick up that award to finally have that uh 
recognition from your peers that support? My God, like, well, first of all, CBC Manitoba did a dirty little trick and they uh, interviewed us. And right before they interviewed us, um, they're like, our manager's like, okay, you got to go to CBC for, um, you know, the award ceremony was later that night. They're like, go to CBC for this um, interview and do a live performance for the WCMAs because you're a nominee. Okay, cool. So we're sitting there and we're not even with the, because of like COVID and everything, you don't even see the host. You're just like in a room with a microphone with, and you just hear the broadcast and you hear them talking to you. So Jody and I are just sitting there, like waiting for the interview, like got our guitar, like getting ready to play. And then like, we're hearing the radio and they're like, and now, you know, as a part of the WCMAs, blah, 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 blah. Like we are going to announce the rock artists of the year. And Jody and I look at each other and we're like, are you serious? Like, are they going to announce the award right now? And they announced the award. They're like, okay. And so here are the nominees. And we're like, oh my God, like, first of all, cause we don't like, we should probably be more egotistical than we are, but we're not. And um, so we're like, well, fuck, we're not going to win. Like, and now they're going to just like interview us and being like, how does it feel to lose? You know, like we're just like bracing ourselves and trying to tame our anxiety so much being like, how are we supposed to play it cool losing on live radio? Like, are they really doing, they couldn't believe that they were doing this to us. And then as like, they're talking, we're like, well, maybe we won because why would they do that? Like, I don't like the whole time we were just like freaking out. And just like looking at each other and then they, they announced us and I just like burst into tears. Cause I was like, we were actually recording earlier that day and I was happened to be doing a very emotional song. So it was just like an emotional day for me anyway. I'm just super busy. And then I just like burst into tears, like, or burst into flames, whatever, same thing. And like to the point where like, even the, uh, the interviewer who wasn't even in the room with us and couldn't even see me, could tell she couldn't ask me any questions. So she's like, Jody, how does it feel to win? And like kept talking to Jody for like five minutes because like I was obviously not okay and un- unable to to answer the question. So when you say like, so how was it? Like I was obviously very overwhelmed <laughs> um, and humbled by it. And but I think I was crying because I just know how much work we've done. And it's it's such a thankless job, you know, like it's a, it's a dream that we're lucky that we get to chase and, and to chase it for so long and to have all these opportunities. And, you know, so that's already like, so like an amazing accomplishment in itself, but to actually be like, yeah, like validated and, you know, recognized by your community and like for the work that you're doing. And like, we really do believe this is the best work we've ever done. And you know, it, that feels like, it's just so amazing. It's so validating because there's so many times, like for every artist, no matter what stage you are in your career, where you're like, am I even any good? Like, am I, should I even be doing this? Like, should I just go back to school? You know, like you constantly like doubt yourself, you know? So to have something like this for us, at least like for me, it's a bit of a weight off in the sense where it's like, yeah, like they don't think you're bad. So like, you know, you can keep doing this. You can keep keep writing and keep going. And, you know, like it's, it feels, it feels great. And it also feels great to be nominated amongst like such amazing bands. Like we were with Shred Kelly and the Pack AD and Misha and the Spanx. Um, I think there was like one other one. I can't remember who it was, but um, yeah, like those are just amazing artists too. So it's like to, you know, to even be nominated alongside them is amazing. And then to be recognized. And then also like, 
it was nice to see so many females in that category. Rock is a really male dominated category and women are making really great rock music, you know, like Kurt Cobain always said, we're the future of rock. So uh, it's nice to kind of like have, you know, be recognized in that category. It's very competitive and it's a really hard category to even be nominated in. So to win is really great. And like, it's also just good to like, I hope I inspire young women who are thinking about doing rock music because, or, you know, sometimes you can feel like you have to stick into a certain genre and you don't have to do that. <laughs> it's very true. Representation is very, very important. Yeah. So it feels good to be a part of that and to like, yeah. But yeah, winning the award is just, oh my God, I'm so happy. So happy. I'm so happy. That's good. I'm glad that you could have that moment. And I'm glad that it confirms inside you that you can continue to write music, even though I'm sure over the uh, last two years since recording Winnipeg, California, you've been writing anyway, because having some time off, maybe a little more time at home is maybe allowed for a little bit more creative energy to be taken out. So, of course, you also mentioned that there's 10 songs that potentially uh being held on to here as well. So what does the future hold here? Uh, is there new music potentially on our horizon? Yes, there is. <laughs> um, so we are actually um, just finished recording. Um, so yeah, like I said, there was, oh gosh, yeah, at least 10 songs that could have been like, could still be used. Like they're still good. They're still good songs. They're still good enough to like, you know, to keep pushing forward. Um, so. Yeah, like, well, we did six. I'll tell you, we did six. We might do some more. Um, and we're going to be releasing new music in 2022, which I'm so excited for. Uh, some of it is new stuff. Some of it is from the bat, like that massive batch of songs from the Winnipeg, California time. So um, I'm excited, though, because, you know, that big batch of songs, like there was like a huge range of of, of sound going on there, like, and so that was another thing that was interesting when we were picking the songs for Winnipeg, California, because we're, you're trying to pick a pick enough that like makes sense for a record. Right. And we all, we, we've always been, we've always had like just a natural diversity to our albums anyway. Like there's always going to be some, there's always going to be like a punk song. There's always going to be a, like a full on rock song. There's always going to be a pop inspired song. Like there's, there's always going to be another song that could lend itself to like, country stuff if we want to produce it that way like not that we produce it that way but it could if you're a country listener you would maybe pick up on some of that so we're very diverse in that way anyway so like to create an album that makes sense together you need to kind of make sure it's all being weighed out so that's why some of the songs like some of the demoed songs like didn't make it and it wasn't because they weren't good enough it was because you're rounding out an album right so you can't have like you can't have $5 dreams on, on a record. That's not the point. Right. So, and especially since our music is so diverse that like for us, it's always a kind of about like rounding out and showcasing that diversity while still making sure there's like a common thread throughout the whole record. So, and also the thematically lyric wise as well. So that's where some of those choices had to get made. And it was hard. Like it was hard having to be like, you're, you're, you're cut from the team, you know, like it was, it was sad <laughs> for some of those songs. And, but I never let go of them and I'm really happy to say that we've recorded some of them and I can't wait to start releasing more. But, you know, surprisingly enough, I wish I was way more creative than I was during this pandemic. I was uh, 
considering how much we were all at home. Like I was, I like, I have some of my friends who are like, I wrote two albums and I'm like, wow, I think I just sat on my couch in a state of shock for most of it. So I didn't do as much as I wanted to. Because I think that's because I ran out of steam. You know, I ran, I, I wrote so much leading up to Winnipeg, California. And then we worked so hard recording it. And then we had to release during a pandemic and hustled that. That after that, I was just tired. <laughs> like I was just tired and I needed to, um, like I've always, for me, the way that I write, I'm very input output. Um, like I need to live and then I have to reflect. So for me, um, I'm still on that living phase. Like I need to live and like experience things so that I can like sit back and then like pour it all out and reflect on it. If I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who can just write all the time. Like I have friends who can just be like, Oh yeah, I just wrote a song this week. Oh, I write a song every week. I, I write, I just wrote a song. Like like, that's great. But if I'm not in that mode, I'm pretty fucking useless. Like I'm just, I'm observing, I'm taking things in. And when I'm ready, when the, when the cup gets high enough and it's about to overpour, that's when I start writing a lot. And then it starts coming out a lot. And then it's like a six months of writing and it's like 50 songs. So like, that's kind of like how I work now. And I've accepted that. Um, even though sometimes I want to be like, I want to write right now. Like it's COVID. It's a perfect time to write. Like, no. The muse wasn't with me, so I had to just sit and wait and observe the world falling apart around me before I could reflect on it. Uh-huh. But yeah, but I'm starting to write again now, which I'm really pumped about for like the next next one. So that's exciting because I'm really uh, it starts to happen when you're like every every like all every day all the time you start taking things in. People say things in a certain way. You hear something or you hear a lyric of a song, and that makes you think of something else or whatever. And then you start writing things in your phone. You start writing things down on a piece of paper, or you're like opening up your voice memo and like singing, singing an idea or a melody. And you're just like, okay, things are starting to roll. Things are starting to pour out now. I got to start making more time to sit down and like write because it's happening. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's my crazy experience. That's how I do it. <laughs> Everyone's different, right? And it's, yeah. it's when that inspiration, when that motivation strikes, when that time is right, then you know, it's a fervor. It's then you're going hard, but it's it's in the last year and a half. Life experiences maybe haven't been as like coming at you as quickly either. And some people write based off of exactly that life experiences or otherwise. Nobody writes the same and different people interpret songs in different ways, too. And that's part of the beauty of music. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's And that's what's great, too, because, you know, we're very like personal about how we write and like what we talk about so um although still like very universal like everyone can kind of like find their themselves in it but it is very about like the seasons of my life and like what I'm going through and like what you know major themes I'm kind of like dealing with in my life and it's interesting like it's always the same it always ends up being the same kind of thing when I look back in hindsight but and at the time it feels so different, you know, but that's, what's so fun about living life and, and experiencing it is that, you know, the things that you pick up and learn along the way and the things that you forget to learn, you know, it's all good songwriting stuff. <laughs> uh, well, I thank you for sharing these lessons and these experiences with us here today on the desert tiger podcast, Stephanie. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are great. 
Oh, Bush. I hope that you enjoyed this incredibly fun conversation. Interview here with my guest, Sammy Morelli. And you can go ahead and find Sammy's brand new single, Love Away, over on your favorite music streaming service. I highly suggest that you do, and I also suggest that you go ahead and follow Sammy on that favorite music streaming service as well as over on social media so that you don't miss out on new music and whatever else Sammy has coming your way. And with that, it's time to give Sammy Morelli a final roaring DTP. Thank you for joining us here on today's episode. I need to go ahead and thank the remarkable Carrie from Bad Parade for setting this interview up. I have to thank German from YP Editor. Dot com for making everything sound so good. And one last final time, I need to thank you, the Am Bush, for tuning on into this episode of the DTP. If you've yet to join up with the Am, it's as easy as subscribing to the podcast. And you can also help us out by sharing this episode, giving us a five-star review. Ooh, ooh. And you can also head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com to go ahead and copy yourself something to represent and support the show everywhere that you go. And with that, it's about time that we say our bye-byes, but not before I tell you to go out and find your roar. Then let it on out into the world. Let them know. Until next time, Ambush. Bye-bye and stay beautiful. The Desert Tiger Podcast.